first episode ever of the Barely Float podcast. My name is Garrett. My name is Anthony. And uh, yeah, this we're, we're trying something a little new, a little different than any of the thousands of other podcasts out there. In fact, we're just sitting here on my back porch, um, and we're just going to spend some time talking about some stuff that's on Anthony's heart today, yeah. on his mind. What do you got, Anthony? This is, a, this is a good one. This is a multi-part, lengthy little uh, thought I had as I was shaving uh, this morning. Lengthy little? Lengthy little portion. Lengthy little thought? That's right. You said lengthy little thought? Yeah. Lengthy in words, <laughs> little in the scope of reality. Oh. Ooh, see? Oh, man. Okay. All right. This is what I was thinking, right? Yeah. I was thinking children cannot understand God, they simply believe it, right? Like people who are raised in a religious household. Like kids don't believe in God. They believe what their parents are telling them, right? So like if you if like if you raise a kid and you tell them that God is a pink elephant that creates candy, until they become an age where they learn to think critically for themselves, they're just gonna think that God's a pink elephant that creates candy because that's what their parents told them. Yeah. Um, okay. Like Santa Claus. Kids will believe in Santa exactly, Claus until... Exactly. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking that, uh, one, that's a good reason why I think philosophy is a great tool if you use it properly, because it helps you introspectively uh, challenge questions that you believe as true, right? Um, I also think that that's why it's important. And this is, I think, the Jewish community... Um, I won't speak for all of them because I'm no expert, but uh, in Judaism, I know that it's it's widely expected, not just not just accepted, but expected for you to ask questions about uh, the faith <clears throat> and to almost challenge your beliefs on gods, right? And I, I think that's probably why, in my mind, this maybe this is probably not actually true in reality, but in my mind, um, and I don't mean it as like a like a self righteous thing, but converts. And people who come to God later in their lives have a stronger connection, like a stronger faith overall in the long run than people who are raised religious. Hmm, yeah. And uh, and then that also led me to think even further uh, that a lot of people who don't have a strong faith in God, part of it is because they're, they're praying for the wrong things. People, a lot of people pray to God to solve their problems for them. And a lot of people fall out of faith when God isn't delivering them from their obstacles, right? And the problem is not that God isn't there with them. The problem is that they're expecting the wrong things out of God. God's not your personal bodyguard, you know? So you shouldn't be praying because you expect something you should be praying simply because God is real and God gives you the ability to believe. Okay, yeah, so... <clears throat> well, in, in terms of the first point that you brought up, 
I think you're on something for sure because there's going to be uh, there's going to be a high degree of like I mean you, you see a lot of times even like when I, you know I went to a, a private I went to a Baptist college right and I became a Christian at the age of 18 when I first attended college and this was before I had transferred to that Baptist college um, and so I attended a secular college uh, but became a Christian there and then transferred to a, a Baptist college, private college, and watched a lot of people. I mean, there was a lot of people there that, that they were like on fire for the Lord, and some of them had been raised in Christianity. So this, is, this certainly can't be a blanket statement. But then there was um, there there was a lot of falling away from the faith, and in fact, uh, honestly, even as late as twenty. 21, I was still having a conversation with a guy. He, he won't talk to me anymore now, but I was still having a conversation with a guy at the time that had been raised Christian and who had even throughout his time at college had been professing Christianity, but who had basically all but turned completely away from it um, by the time that we were talking on the phone in 2021. And, um, and so, yeah, I think really what you're touching on is this aspect of people believing that they have faith because it's essentially been handed to them by their family you right. know they, they would and they you know again there's some nuance to this because we're talking both about the idea that someone can uh have a really solid faith a really strong and sincere belief as a product of how they were raised i mean we see that in biblical context mm -hmm. all throughout the old testament yeah. and, and of course into the new testament well i think um, it's important to say i'm not saying that it, it doesn't make you a worse person if you're raised religious. And, of course, there's always exceptions. Yeah. You know, people yeah. people can be raised Christian or whatever. Yeah. And then still actually have the true understanding and true faith and never, you know, lose or come back into it. You know what I mean? Like, they could stick with it from childhood and yeah. be where they should be. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, not and, saying and, and it's it, impossible. And, and, and so, and so yeah, and, and I know that we would agree with that. Uh, and that, that really isn't, that isn't quite exactly the point that you were making and so I was kind of just sort of laying the groundwork yeah. to address the actual point that you're making which is that uh, that there would be a, a sort of a correlation between the strength of faith and someone who becomes let's say becomes a Christian later in life as opposed to that they were uh, raised in it and and I and again the whole the whole reason for me laying the groundwork was to sort of show you that that that's not always true, but what you're saying is 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 a good observation to make because it is true in some cases, and and maybe maybe you could even say that it's true in a lot of cases where where um, someone has the capacity to to, to think critically about uh, God and about the world and about everything, right? Yeah. And then they bring that capacity to critically think into their pursuit of truth. And, um, and then, yeah, yeah, a lot of times, like, uh, someone who's in that position, they will be a lot more grounded uh, from the get-go. <clears throat> but there are also cases where someone who has a high capacity to critically think, like, for example, Stephen Fry. He's a, I've been watching a lot of stuff um, lately, uh, some, of the, some of the podcast episodes between, like, Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry, or some of the debates that Stephen Fry uh, some of the debates he's participated in and I really appreciate just in general I mean I know he's an atheist I know you know he, he's openly homosexual he's uh, ironically he calls himself a Jewish atheist I understand the difference between 
right. religion a and Jew. yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand the difference between religion and and ethical identity. Uh, not ethical, sorry, ethic. No, ethnic identity. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> let me let me get there. Yeah, but um, I recognize the difference in that. But I, I still think that there's some sense of irony in calling yourself an atheistic Jew. But in any case, I, I recognize those things about him, and obviously would disagree with some of those concepts. But I appreciate uh, just his his capacity to think critically and he doesn't sort of give in to high emotionalism uh, but again what you see with that is that even though he has this capacity to to think critically and and then he you know if you if you watch any of his stuff he would tell you that one of the authors that influenced him in his younger years which was gk chesterton which is a, was a, a prolific christian author yeah. and um and yet he's walked away from being influenced by gk Chester, chesterton and is not a Christian, and in fact is is firmly convinced that Christianity hinders human development. Um, and so there's this idea that, like, you know, you're, you're right to say that if the two ideas are married, a genuine pursuit of truth and critical thinking or philosophy, right? If the two ideas are married properly, there is almost always um, just a real beautiful fruit from that. But the problem is that they're not always married properly, and often they are divorced entirely from one another. And then what you get from that is, you know, good critical thinkers, good philosophers, but very, very bad um, Christians or, 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 you know, very non-religious people in general. I would say or on the flip side of that, uh, you, have, you have Christians who are very faithful in believing what they're told about about Christianity, but don't have any Crit yeah, critical thought for themselves yeah. to question: Is this ritual I'm doing relevant to God's plan? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 that, of course, those are ideas that you and I have talked about right. plenty of times, and we'll continue to flush them out because you know, for those of you listening, this podcast is meant to be a a genuine pursuit of truth, and we're coming at this myself from the perspective of having been a Christian for over a decade now. Um, and taking very seriously the matters of my faith. And then my friend Anthony is in a pursuit of truth himself, uh, not yet a Christian, but, 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 but really seeking out answers in that area and trying to figure out who God is, what God's about, and ultimately um, aiming for that, that ultimate experience of, of truly knowing God, you know. Uh, but that's where we're coming from. So, so realistically, like, this is a topic that I think is is going to be flushed out in a lot of, in, in a lot of the, the conversations that you and I have. But, uh, but yeah, we can sort of rest in that, knowing that you're right. You're, you are absolutely correct that, that there is a correlation, uh, a causation almost, um, between the, the depth of one's faith or the, the ability for one to, to have a, a, a very uh, solid foundation of faith and their ability to, to think critically or to critically reason, philosophize in, in, in a way. Um, yeah, so, and then the, the second thing you said, now remind me of that one more time because I don't want to get too far away from it. Yeah, what was the second thing that you brought up? About praying. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And losing your faith because you expect God to be, you know, your personal bodyguard in a sense. Yeah. Like and if God, in my opinion, as you said, like I'm not exactly Christian, I do believe in God, I'm trying to figure out what exactly that means, what, you know, is 
are any of the book religions correct, so on and so forth. But anyway, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. You know, the Christian Bible, or and, and even the Old Testament, it says that God created us in his image. What does that mean? In my mind, uh, the fact that unique to all creatures on this earth, we have the ability to think about stuff like that. You know, do you think deer think about who God is and did he deliver his only son to be sacrificed for us? Because I don't think so. Uh, I don't think that makes them not, you know, creatures of God. I just, yeah. when I think God created us in his image, in my opinion, that means that not necessarily looks like him. I know you believe that in a sense we, we probably look like him. But for me, it's the fact that he gave us the ability to think about God and the afterlife and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That's and, what and creating I, and his image And I do, by the way, means. I do, I do uh, agree with that sentiment as well. Right. Not only do I think that it, it is part of the physical, but it's also part of the spiritual and mental. Right. Um, which, you know, funny enough, is, is almost a trinity of itself, like the, the spirit, the flesh, the, the uh, mind, you know. Right. And, and so I talked to you about the other day, I was at Saxophone Lessons, and... I was talking to my my uh, instructor about it, and one of the things she asked me, she's like, "Well, what do you need to become a believer?" And she yeah. told me to reflect on that, and you know, yeah. pray about it. What do you need? And I was thinking, this is part of it. Just the fact alone that that God gave us the ability to believe in Him. Maybe that's need enough, if that makes sense. Hmm. Like should we should be appreciative and, and thankful for God just for the fact that He gave us the ability to think critically about what yeah. created everything. Yeah, and you're actually touching on there. There's been a lot of discourse over the you know centuries of you know great Christian thinkers coming out of the church about that exact topic. To what extent our own ability to uh, utilize philosophy or critical thought to to what extent that just in itself is good evidence for God. Um, and I, I think that it is. I think it's really good evidence right. for a creator God that you could even, you know, begin to fathom of such a, such a being, you know. And is that what God, uh, lost my train of thought here for a second. Uh, my point is though that like we, we should not be worshiping God because we want things from him. Well, yeah, it so... Should, it should be a thankful... Yeah, and you are partially correct in that. Again, I say partially, not in a derogatory sense, but in, in, in a sense that we should introduce the nuances of that as well, <laughs> which, you know, which include things like we know to whom we pray, hmm. right? And, and, and Jesus even tells us um, that we will be granted the things that we pray for. Now, of course, this comes with the caveat of, uh, of praying sincerely and what I mean by sincerely is sincerely to what our spirit cries out for in other words I think you hit the nail on the head that a lot of times someone might pray oh this situation sucks God get me out of it uh, but we see in Jesus's prayer that he said oh this situation sucks Lord God I, I desire to be removed from it that this cup would pass from me this cup of suffering would pass from me nevertheless not my will be done but yours and there's the real nuance of it. It's okay. It is okay to see it all throughout the Psalms to pray to God and ask. And even to ask for personal protection. It is okay to pray that way. It's not okay to consider God like a an ATM machine. You know, 
it's not okay to treat God like, like a prayer as a quid pro quo kind of thing. Um, uh, to that extent, you are correct. And it's certainly not okay to, to think of God as merely a bodyguard, to use the terminology that, that you use. But, and, and people do often do that. Uh, but it is okay. It is okay to, to recognize that, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of, of lights, with whom there is no turning or casting of shadow. And as a result of that, we can bring to him our heart's desires freely. Well, and that, but that also brought me to another question I thought about this morning when all this came to me is, uh, so I understand, and, and I'm basically saying um, you shouldn't be worshiping to prove to others how holy you are. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that in, a, pr- in a would book? You, would you in a book I'm reading by Ryan Holiday, who is a Stoic philosopher. He was the way he puts it is, you know, what is a good what is a good deed if it's done for its own sake? Mm. But then I asked myself, well, then what does God want us to worship Him for? Like, does He need the attention? You know, <laughs> obviously, you know that's a silly way to phrase it. But like, so, yeah. so what's the point? What, what does God need us to worship Him for? What yeah, does he want uh, yeah. So it, again, the, the utilization of that word need. Uh, and it, it, what a finicky word, right? Because I wouldn't say that God um, inherently needs our worship. Here's the deal. C.S. Lewis uh, best, I think, presents the idea of what worship does in the context of a relationship with God. He basically says that in the giving up of self, which is, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, would tell us is, is our reasonable worship. In the giving up of self... Uh, we find in him our truest self, which he delights to give. And so there's this concept being presented in that statement that God wants us to worship him so that we can find our truest selves in him. And this isn't some new age, don't don't mistake this with, with new age or, or, or liberal philosophies, go and find yourself, go and be your true self. No, the, our true self, our, our real self, the thing to be found is in Christ alone, in God alone. And, um, and, and he is a God that delights in, in freely revealing that to us. But, th- but the thing is, it requires, the first part of that is that it requires us to fully lay ourselves down, to give ourselves up. And that's a hard place to be. There isn't anyone who is outside of the kingdom of Christianity that totally understands what that means because we're never free. Just like, I mean, you said it well. We're never free, even in the context of worship, from that constant desire to make it about us. But at the end of the day, and I've, and I've had a lot of discussions with another friend of mine, at the end of the day, we there is a real difference between our worship for God for what we can gain and our worship for God because of who he is. It's such a, I mean, it seems like the line is so small there. But when you approach the line, you realize it's, it's an infinite chasm. And it's, it's the absolute separation between a real pursuit of God and a pursuit of self. But boy, is it, is it hard to understand, you know. And, um, and I think a lot of Christians lose that. They, they lose that. And actually, I, I, you know, sad to say, Tim Keller. I don't know if you know who Tim Keller is. But I don't. He's a, he was a wonderful Christian thinker, theologian, pastor, uh, wrote a lot of books. Um, one of the books that you might know, if you know anything by him, is uh, The Reasons for God. And uh, anyway, he passed away recently. 
but uh, John Piper, another <laughs> pastor, theologian, a thinker, uh, put out a video sort of describing their last email correspondence. And, and it, in essence, and, uh, and let me just pull the quote up so I'll make sure that I get it correct. But in essence, what, what occurred in that email correspondence and, and what John Piper shared with all of us is that it is, it is important it is important for us, and this is di- directly in line with this idea of worshiping God and not self, right? In the, the, the very sneaky way of the enemy that the enemy has of, of convincing us to invert those two. But as we, even as we work for the Lord, even as we truly do pursue Him, that temptation doesn't go away. And so, even the service to the Lord, even our service to the Lord, can become something that we delight in more than Him, him more than God Himself. Right. And so that, that was what John Piper, John Piper shared. And then you don't even realize. Well, well, I would say, yeah, maybe, maybe initially you wouldn't, but there is a consistent tugging of the spirit and a conviction that comes from the call of our brothers and sisters in Christ that would help us to realize, right? And so, like, even in the book of Revelation, in, in the letter, uh, in the beginning of the book of Revelation, the letter to the church is the letter to Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. Um, that's what John the Elder is essentially saying to them. Hey, listen, you've, you know, this is what, this is what, God has to say against your church. You've done so well. You've fought hard against heretics, uh, against all kinds of evils. You've done such a good job of that. You even hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which we could you know, we could talk about that in, in greater detail later. But you know, he says you've done all of these wonderful things, all of these hard pursuits and fighting the good fight. But one thing you've done is you've forgotten your first love. And so there's this constant reminder all throughout the scriptures echoing and ringing in our hearts as believers that that our flesh is so fickle that we will that we are so easily duped into loving anything else more than Jesus now some of you know some somebody might be listening to this and they might say wow don't you like to over spiritualize everything but the reality is it's not over spiritualization it's, it's just good common sense to recognize that, that the Christ should be the supreme object of our desire. That, that there should be nothing else elevated in us above him. And, um, and when we talk about a pursuit of truth, again, some people may be listening to this and they may not be, may not, may not be a Christian. And, and that's okay in the sense that uh, I don't think that I don't think that, um, how, am I, what, how am I trying to say this? I, I don't think that it is wrong for me to say that, that a pursuit of God, the Christian God, is the best pursuit of truth. I, it would be against my own conscience to tell you anything other than that, because I believe that, that the uh, Christian faith, the Christian God, holds objective truth. And this, this podcast and really any human effort should be made, should, should, it should, every human effort should be made in the pursuit of objective truth. And again, I, I already know, like some people are going to hear that and just say, wow, what a, what a very narrow-minded, just, you know, they might even accuse me of not having critical thought. Don't you know all of the ways that the Old Testament speaks of 
of this, these horrendous actions of God? Don't you know all of the ways that, that people today, like there's sex trafficking and drugs everywhere and there's all kinds of evil and vile things happening on the earth and you're telling me, Mr. Critical Thinker, that, that there's a God, a good God out there and that, and that he holds objective truth solely? And I would say yes. And, and all, of the, all of the responses to those questions or those accusations will come in other podcast episodes for us. Right. And I would, I would also add, um, one, that you seeking objective truth has brought you to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, not, I and believe the saying, only conclusion. You're not specifically saying that people need to study Christianity. You're just no. saying that look for the truth. And in your opinion, it'll, it'll probably, you know, bring them if they're searching the right places will bring them to christianity yeah so uh but i also want to point out that like you know the, the argument about human trafficking in the world in a bad state right now is that like one uh the corruption of man mm, right yeah is it's not the corruption of god it's the corruption of man that causes bad things and two we do live in a secular world so keep that in mind <laughs> i'm not yeah. saying that there should be you know sharia law and, and you know a strict <laughs> catholic manifest across the entire yeah, earth that's not what yeah. i'm saying i'm just saying like, are you so you're not an advocate for the next crusades <laughs> for the next holy roman empire no <laughs> i'm just saying that just keep in mind that uh not these people doing these bad things uh you know whether they would like to hide themselves behind the facade of being religious or not they probably aren't yeah yeah um yeah so and, and let me just let me respond real quickly to you as we as we begin to wrap things up here um Yes, I, I, I'm okay with you labeling it as my opinion, uh, just because I don't think that, the, you know, whether or not, like the, 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 whether or not you want to call it my opinion, I don't think that's a hill worth dying on, uh, period, right now. I'm speaking as a viewer might see, as, might understand. Yeah, it. well, and so, and so here's what, uh, yeah, yeah, so, so here's what I just want to sort of leave people with, like the, this idea, yeah, I'm not afraid, I, I, I'm not advocating Although I think it's supremely beautiful for someone to just strictly like seek out Christianity, like what does Christianity have to offer? I mean, you're in a very real way. You're most of your 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 efforts in the pursuit of truth right now are centered around that. But this comes after but a it long came time after years of yeah. searching other places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I think you're a perfect testament to exactly what I'm trying to say, which is that pursue truth. Period, because truth isn't afraid of where it can be found. So pursue truth, period. And then at the end of the day, I, I genuinely believe that if you are humbling yourself, if you are asking what is truth in a humble and sincere way, you, you won't help but to find yourself on the doorstep of Christianity. And then when you get there, when you're at the doorstep and you peer through the door and what you see is a religion of just a bunch of messed up people, and, and places like Westboro Baptist Church or, you know, places like Hillsong Church and every degree in between, progressive churches who advocate for open uh, homosexuality and have lesbian pastors, you know, uh, again, Westboro Baptist Church who would advocate for the, for the death of, of such pastors and, and churches. And you see all of that and then you, and then you say to yourself, see, that's, how can, truth may have gotten me here to the doorstep, but it's not going to get me any further. Right. Because this is just so ugly, right. and, and I think you said it. I think you said it so good. I think you said it so well. Uh, you're not looking at God when you see those things, and I and I don't mean to say that you can't see aspects of Him there, but you're not looking at God when you see those things. You're looking at people, some of whom are actually trying to pursue God. Mm-hmm. 
And so you can't, you can't denounce God. You can't even really denounce the Bible or Christ just because you don't like the way some of the people who carry his name look. Right. That's, that's just not good critical thinking. That's just not good critical reasoning. And so, really, I mean, again, I, yeah, I, I, could just, I could just leave us with that. Like, the truth doesn't care where it's found, and neither should you. That doesn't mean go rest in a place that you've discovered an element of truth, because an element of truth does not equal the total fruition of your pursuits. And so, so grab that truth as you find it. Like, you know, pick those flowers as you're traveling down the road, and then, but but keep walking to the field. Keep walking to the field of flowers. You understand? To the source. Right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think realistically, I think we could wrap it up there. Um, we're yeah. trying to keep these episodes under thirty minutes, or just about at thirty minutes, and certainly uh, under an hour. Certainly under an hour. So what? Fifty-nine minutes and fifty-nine and, seconds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm good with wrapping up there, but before you hit stop, uh, and, and we don't have to include this in in this episode, um, but as it's funny because you have the Holy Bible on your lap. You see I have meditations by Marcus Aurelius on my yeah, lap. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah. My point is not to compare the two of them because, yeah, you well, know, I myself believe that philosophy is a great tool, but it, it is not and should not be used as a, uh, a substitute for religion. Yeah. But... Uh, one of the random thoughts I had when I was thinking about all this stuff this morning, and I just, I figured we'd talk about it, and if we want to keep it in here, we can. If not, that's fine. Uh, but it's funny because I, I try, I don't actually in practice do it every morning, but every morning I try to read um, one of one of the passages from Marcus Aurelius, and I believe yeah. this is book two? Uh, yeah, book two, um, entry 14. It's funny because I was thinking before I read this, while I was thinking of everything else, and I was thinking about the worship, the false worship thing, and I was thinking about the Old Testament, mm-hmm. how people like Abraham supposedly lived, what, something like 800 years? How long did Abraham live? Oh, man. Way to, way to make me... He didn't live 800 years. Well, he lived quite a while. Yeah. A few hundred. Well... And, uh, but my point no, is... No, I don't think he did. Well, it was... Because after the flood of Noah's, when... Oh, hold on a minute. Oh, my gosh. Let me just stop talking before I may. People, people will be like, hey, he said some really good well, things up until this point, but he doesn't know how old yeah. Abraham was when he died. Of well, course I don't, guys. Why would I retain that information? He lived way longer than humans live. And I was thinking about how a lot of people think about it. They're like, should we take this literally or should we take this figuratively? And I don't know where to stand. But if we were to take it literally and say that he really did live, you know, 200 plus years... Um, why would lives be shorter now? I thought this to myself. Well, maybe the, the fact that people worship the wrong way, they pray for the wrong reasons, and that's one of the reasons why they fall out of their faith. I was thinking maybe God shortened their lives because the longer we live, the more prone we are to saying, I'm not getting what I want out of this, and we fall off God's path. So maybe shorter 175 lives. years. 175. That's so just shy of 800. Just shy. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's a gift in a sense that we don't live 175 plus years these days. Yeah. Because the longer you live, again, like the more likely you are to probably fall out of your faith because that's a long time. If you can't in, in I would say, 40 to 70 years stay a, a holy person, imagine having to do it for 175 years. And then I opened this book, 
Let me talk about how many signs I've seen, and I keep saying to myself, how many signs do I need? Then I opened this book and read today's passage, which is funny because I haven't opened this book in about a week. So today, you know, I was feeling good. Good morning. I had this thought. I was like, oh, I should read. <laughs> and uh, I won't read the whole thing, but um, he says, Marcus Aurelius, even if you're going to live 3,000 more years or 10 times that, remember, you cannot lose another life than the one you're living now or live another one than the one you're losing. The longest amounts to the same as the shortest. In other words, he's saying, if you can't figure it out in 10 years, why do you think you're going to figure it out in 10,000 years? And it was, it was just very yeah. relevant to what I was thinking about this morning. You know, do you remember like, what Jesus said to Nicodemus? How can you believe in, in heavenly, heavenly things, things if you can't believe in earthly things? Right. Same, same principle. Right? Same principle. Yeah, I just thought it was a beautiful ne- neither whether, ti- neither whether time, it was a real sign of God or if that was a beautiful little coincidence. I just yeah, I think you know what it was, but <laughs> n- neither time nor thorough explanation is the key, right? So it right. must be something else. Exactly. So uh, yeah, y'all stick around uh, for some of these episodes as we pursue truth together. You're not always going to agree with what we have to say, and you may have some criticisms about our pursuit of truth, and we welcome them freely. Uh, you can find some information on barelyafloat.com that will kind of help you get in touch with us and and send some of those criticisms or you can like look at the description of our podcast and you can find some of the information there. Um, But at the end of the day, this podcast is our pursuit of truth and we're inviting you along with us in it. And uh, yeah, we hope that you can pursue truth with us. Thank you guys for staying tuned and we'll see you next time. And the people then tell me you in a love come twinkle and die.